Hello, Craft Cuties. Welcome to this week's episode of Crafty Hands Club Magazine Podcast. In the meantime, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. The handle is Crafty Hands Club Mag. Also, be sure to use hashtag CHC Podcast when you share a screenshot of today's episode. Today, I'm going to talk about when you don't have sales. And the reason why is because a lot of times everybody likes to talk about sales. And it's important because they are the lifeblood of your business. But there is another side of sales. There are businesses that don't get sales. There are businesses that take months before they get sales. And the reason why I can say that confidently is because Crafty Hands Club was there once upon a time. There were months before sales were made. And let's be honest, no one goes into business saying, I'm expected to never make a sale. I'm expected to go X amount of months before I make a sale. When people start a business, they start looking forward to making money. (laughs) But even when you don't make sales in your business, there's always lessons that come from that. And no matter how much planning, how good your product or services might be, how good your ads could be, or how much you spend on your ads or your images or whatever, Sometimes you just don't get a sale and it's frustrating and it's even more frustrating when it goes a long period of time and there's no money coming into the account, but you look at your bank statement and you see you're paying to, um, you know, have maybe this software or to be on this listing or whatever your monthly expense might be. So at that point, it's a hobby until you get some money in to offset those expenses and not just offset those expenses, but to exceed um, that amount because otherwise you would just be breaking even and you can't just always break even. Breaking even is good, but you do want to be profitable. So I'm going to share with you five lessons that I learned personally when Crafty Hands Club didn't get any sales in. And this was, uh, if this is your first time listening, before Crafty Hands Club became a magazine, it was selling DIY jewelry making kits where people can go from start to finish in five easy steps. And the reason for the conversion to the magazine, I talk about this in an article that I have written, it's on craftyhandsclub.com website, and the link will be in the description of this video as well. But the, the main reason for the conversion was because no matter how much I enjoyed teaching people how to make jewelry and putting the kits together, it was not a demand. And if there's no demand, then it's just a waste of time trying to sell products to people. So five lessons that not having any sales taught me. Number one, I was oblivious to reality. And 
what I mean by that is just because you have a website, just because you have a social media page, just because you have followers on your social media page, just because people like your posts, that does not equal sales. And a lot of times people feel like, well, I got a website, people come to it. No, you have to do some work to get people interested in coming to the website. And, and it's a fun, the website is part of the funnel. So if you are not showing up to regularly post on social media, you're not going to get much visits to your website unless the website is listed in different groups like Reddit or um, you're active on Quora or something like that. And people have to actively search for that. If it's not appearing on the Google search, the first two pages, people are not going to go to the website. So you can't just feel like, oh, okay, you know, my products and services are on Etsy or Ravelry or they're on Amazon Marketplace. People just going to go to it. No, you have to get people to, you have to drive the traffic to that. And, you know, with your social media page, if you're not engaging with your audience, if you are not engaging with uh, other people that might be in the craft spaces, you're not a competitor, but you know, other uh, people that you might be following, uh, you're not going to uh, get much traction. And then also if your social media page, if you're inconsistent with your posts, or if the only time you post is when you're selling something, you're not going to uh, get a sale. And then just because people like your stuff doesn't mean that it's going to be a sale. Like you might not even have followers, you might not have followers that are your target audience. You might have followers that like what you do, but they just not your audience. So you have to think about that. Number two, and this one was a really big one. Helping is good, but it's a time to stop helping. Now, I don't mean never offer tips or advice because you do do that. That's part of uh, the brand, your business, and you're in the craft space. You should be providing some type of tips or helpful advice. But... If you're educating your followers all the time, not only is that tiresome, but that's all they see you as. You know, just think about a person that is always helping, always volunteering somewhere. In the beginning, it'd be okay, but then later on down the line, people lose value in that. So you do educate, but don't always be educating people. Uh, I always say you entertain, you inspire, you educate, you inform, you promote, you, you know, it should be a combination. So that way you're not just doing that one thing. So if you're helping all the time, um, that's all they see you as, and then they don't see you or your business worthy of being paid for that because they have gone so long with getting free help and that was something that I had to realize with Crafty Hands Club when it was the kids 
I would do all these helpful videos and, you know, show these tutorials and things like that. And at that point, they just was using that as a point of interest to go ahead and buy something else from someone else. Number three, the third thing that not having sales and business taught me was to stop wasting time. And I know it sounds cliche, but a lot of times you will waste way more time than you think you will. Uh, you'll waste your time with non-decision makers, like, you know, emails going back and forth. Someone say, hey, yeah, we would love to, you know, buy your products or, you know, whatever. And you're back and forth, back and forth, you know, two or three weeks pass by and nothing's moving. And then one day out the blue, they just change their mind or they don't even respond back to your email. Like there was a time where I was trying to sell these DIY jewelry making kits to groups. And this one place was really interested, but come to find out the person was interested was not a decision maker. And, you know, was going back and forth. And then they wanted to me to provide them for free for them to test out. And my thing was, you're charging people a membership. I'm not going to do that for free. So that's an example of time wasting. Another time wasting, and this one may sound controversial, but hear me out, having free events. It's okay to have free events from time to time, but I'm talking about like you're offering free classes or, you know, something like a meetup. And the reason why that could be a waste of time because it takes time for you to prepare, to buy the supplies, to come up with the, you know, class type or, or what have you. And then you'll get people that say that they'll come, whether it's through Eventbrite, meetup or whatever other platform for them to RSVP, but there's no skin in the game. So you'll show up at the venue, you're excited, you're prepared to teach 15 to 20 people and not one person show up. So that's where a free event can be a waste of time. Another time waster is non-producing communication. What I mean by non-producing communication is you list your product or service on your social media page and you're quite clear. And then someone comes out of the blue and just asks you off the wall questions like, if I buy, is the money gonna go towards your business? Or you will get an inbox asking, let's say you sell, um, bracelets and someone say oh how much would it cost if you can make a necklace exactly like that bracelet now mind you your post is about the bracelet not a necklace but they asking about it because it's taking up your time you know or you get somebody come in your inbox and say oh you know my kids are always making their own jewelry out of anything they could get their hands on. I might have to buy some of your kits. My advice to that, I wouldn't respond, not because it's rude, but because if they are really interested in purchasing your product or service, 
they will click on the link that you have provided to direct them to where your product or service is being sold. And also, it doesn't matter where the money's going to, you know, you providing something in exchange for currency, there shouldn't be a question about where the money's going to. Uh, if you post what you're selling, there shouldn't be any questions about, oh, can you do this type of product? No, if you're posting a certain product, that's all you have in your inventory. Those are examples of non-producing communication. Another time waster is um, when you attend events that are supposed to be networking, but you are just hanging out. What I mean by hanging out is you go into the same type of event and you're around the same type of people. They know what you do. They know what you offer, but no one there ever buys from you. No one there ever recommends or refer you to other people. You just hanging out. Now, I'm not saying that you attend events to get a sale because that's not the purpose of attending event. <laughs> you know, you're networking to get a chance to meet with them outside of the event. And even at the meeting, that's not the opportunity to sell, you know, to pitch your product for sale. But when you are going to these events, you do want to connect with people that are potential. You don't want to connect with people who you know that will never buy your product or service. So keep that in mind. And when you go to events and they're asking you, oh, do you have a card or do you have, always refer them to either your social media pages, LinkedIn page, or your website because it is a cost with printing your business cards and you don't want to just pass them out willy-nilly. Also, last but not least, uh, is passing out business cards. How is that a time waster? Well, some people are just business card collectors. They'll go to events and they'll accumulate all these business cards, never do anything with them, just to say, they have the card and they know you, right? Now, there was an event that I went to and the vendor had the business cards on the table. And they had a product that I was actually interested in, but at the time I did not have the money to make a purchase. So I was going to get the business card so that way later on I could you know, reach out or, you know, go to the website and buy the product. Well, what happened was as I reached for the card, the vendor said, oh no, these are for customers only. Now, I do understand, I did understand where they were coming from, but also at the same time, that was pretty diplomatic because I was a potential future customer. But because you handled that the wrong way, I had no desire to know anything else about the business. And if you're going to do something like that where, you know, you give your paying customers the business card, already have your bags pre-assembled 
And then when the customer makes a purchase, you put the product in the bag and that information is in the bag and no one knows, you know? So um, that was a way that that could have been done, but they did not do it that way. And because they did, they did it a tacky way, they missed out on a future sale. So the fourth thing that not having sales taught me was, and this one is the most important one, be intentional about selling. Here's what I mean by be intentional about selling. That means when it comes to your website, your email, your social media pages, videos, whatever, there should be some form of selling in there, not in terms of buy my stuff or click on the link or, you know, you don't do that because no one likes to be sold to, but you talk about the benefits of your product or service, how it can help them create a worst case scenario and then incorporate how your product or service can solve a problem. And you ask for the sale, but again, you ask, not beg, but you ask for the sale through a call to action. And you do that when you are uh, marketing and running ads. And you have to run ads at some point in your business. You know, word of mouth is great, but in the beginning, people don't know you. So you have to, you know, do you know, a lot of marketing, a lot of advertising, and then eventually it leads to word of mouth. But when you look at the big companies like Pepsi, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, all of these big companies, they still do advertising. They still do marketing. And the reason why is because they want to remind their customers what it is that they have, what it is that they do. Come try it so forth. And last but not least, the fifth thing that um, not having sales and business taught me is just with anything else, whether it's weight loss or going for a bar exam or, you know, working on your master's degree, what have you, what you put in is what you get. If you don't do nothing, you don't get nothing. If you put in the work, you put in the effort, you will get things in return, but it's the quality of your work and your, your effort, and you have to definitely be consistent. Uh, you cannot be lazy. You know, most people want to make sales, but they don't want to do the work, and you do have to do the work. I mean, yeah, it's hard to <laughs> get people to buy your product that don't know you. I'm not going to tell that lie, but you have to work at that. If you're not comfortable with selling, you need to build that confidence and you have to um, figure out what language to use. What, what does your audience want to hear? What is it that you can say to get people to buy your product or service? So those are things that I have learned when Crafty Hands Club did not make any sales. And I try to be as transparent as I can because I'm the first to tell you 
those DIY jewelry making kits did not get a whole lot of sales. Um, I'm not going to pretend that it gets those six digit sales, but I learned a lot when um, I, I was not able to sell those kits. So I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. If you liked today's episode, go ahead and share it on social media. Don't forget to tag us, Crafty Hands Club Mag. Be sure to use hashtag CHC podcast when you share the screenshot of today's episode. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Join us next week.